This is Cinema Degeneration. I am the devil, and I am here to do the devil's work. I, I just can't take no pleasure in killing that. Just some things you gotta do. We all go a little mad sometimes. You wanna know what happens to an eyeball when it gets punctured? You just can't let them go? Go! Hi, I'm Chucky. Wanna play? <laughs> Please, God. This is God. The dead will walk here. I'm just gonna bash your brains. And your suffering will be legendary even in hell. <laughs> it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. They all flow down here. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Boy, you're doomed. Hey, fiends. Hellcat here. On our show tonight, we offer up our takeout series where we will explore the realms of foreign horror cinema. Our hosts will take you along their travels all over the globe, while diving into some of the most lucid storytelling, savage cannibals, vengeful spirits, sadistic killers, and the post-apocalyptic zombie-plagued landscapes. Join us as we dissect the classics that prove sometimes fear comes with subtitles. Marie, this is my pop, Pop Marie. Nice to meet you. What was this place before? It was an old farm that my father renovated. My parents' room is on the right. You're upstairs in the guest room, okay?
righty, folks, ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to Cinema Degeneration's Takeout Edition, where we celebrate foreign films, namely foreign horror movies, but not always, but we definitely got a foreign horror movie for you this evening. Uh, we are going to be covering 2003's High Tension from Alexander Aja, and it's a French-slash-Romanian film, and it's a... Uh, it's, it's quite a humdinger. Uh, it, it's, it's, it's a doozy. And uh, joining me this evening or this late afternoon is my good buddy Daniel Goad. How the hell are you? Very well. I am ecstatic to be back. Thank you. Yeah, thank you for coming back. Appreciate it. Now, uh, I know you've been uh, busy editing and uh, working on parallels and whatnot. Do you have anything else going on, uh, you know, creative-wise that you want to plug before we get dissecting on this sucker not at the moment i mean the only thing that's really at the top of my list is the undesirables which is tony walter's uh, directional debut mm -hmm. i'm trying my best to get in the mindset of that while also trying to uh, be in post-production for parallels but that and then just balancing regular normal vanilla life so yeah <laughs> trying to find that nice work-life balance right which is impossible it, for, for guys impossible, like us yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you just lie to yourself and go everything's fine i, I got this well you're sitting there on your net you know your, your 15th cup of coffee or nos energy drink and you know no sleep going i'm fine i'm fine yeah i'm buying a case at a time now so uh, you know it's it's a problem yeah it's, it's a problem when i've graduated from regular folgers to death wish coffee you know, there so, you go. Yeah, yeah, and that stuff's good. That's not, hey, not that I'm a product right. endorsement, but um, I, I endorse them as, as as a buyer, man. It's it's a strongest coffee in the world, as they say, and I would uh, I'd buy it. I I believe it. Send them an email. Get get sponsored by them. There you go. Yeah, here we go. All right, but enough of that stuff. We're going to get into high tension here, or hot tension, as it was uh, called when I first uh, discovered it. I think a friend of mine uh, from Chicago, a friend of mine named Brian that I've lost touch with over the last uh, almost 20 years, considering the fact that this movie is almost 20 years old. Uh, he turned me on to it with a copy of it on, on DVD that I just blew my mind. I didn't get a chance to see it in theaters, but I remember the first time I watched this. Um, we'll try to save, uh, I want to try to save the big reveal for the end. So we're not we're, we're ruining it in order, <laughs> and uh, I have to say uh, I was pretty blown away. I know a lot of people uh, poke holes in the plot and you know the storyline and whatnot when it comes to it. With the and I'm gonna I'm gonna say every time that I say the word killer in in this review in this dissection, I'm gonna be using air quotes that you folks are not gonna see. So every time you hear the word killer, just picture me giving air quotes. And uh, when the when the big reveal comes in at the end of who the killer is, I, I don't know how much we can talk about that right now, but I I, I was blown away by it. I'm not sure if you were, but uh, what's what's your input on that? How how did you feel when the big kind of? I would say, I'd say if a movie is almost as old enough to have a legal beverage in the United States, we can talk about spoilers. I mean, it's one of those things where if you haven't watched it by now, not really shame on you, but it is. It, I mean, it's always in one of those lists. Like, it's always in one of those montages of some of the uh, more interesting or popular or uh, a movie that sticks with you after you watch it. So it, I'm pretty sure a lot of people have already seen the movie. We're, this is kind of like a uh, uh, 
what is it a celebratory lap that the movie's doing around and it's just like yeah we already won we know how good we are yeah it's kind of like a sixth sense if you haven't seen it by now and don't know the big reveal then you're just late to the game exactly so I, I think we can speak freely, but that's just my my opinion. Oh, I want I wanted to, but it was like I didn't know at what point we wanted to reveal, you know, the uh, the big secret. Well, let me do the before I get way 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 ahead of myself. Let me go ahead and give the quick IMDb synopsis, which <laughs> is it's not very. I, I think like fifty fifty uh, percent of the time, uh, the synopsis is are, are on the nose. This one is <laughs> just not. But anyway, high tension. 2003 as it follows best friends marie and alexia decide to spend a quiet weekend at alexia's parents's secluded farmhouse but on the night of their arrival the girl's idyllic getaway turns into an endless night of horror yes and no it it does for one person it definitely does for alex or alexia Uh, not so much for marie when she figure out what's going on but the opening with this one movie it's kind of foretelling in you know in the beginning when you just hear Marie saying over and over again, I won't let anyone come between us anymore and over and over and over again. You know, and she has that foreshadowing nightmare that she wakes up from when she's in the backseat of the car, you know, oh, it was me chasing after me. And it's like I, I feel like now like they gave you enough hints to let you know what was going on in the beginning, but you know, it was just kind of under the table. It's like sneaking a, you know, uh you know, a bite size of something to your pet under the table. I think it opened really lovely. I mean, I hadn't seen the movie in quite a while. Um, I first watched this movie when I was maybe 17, 18, because it it came out in 2003, but it didn't come out to the States around till 2005. And Mm -hmm. just like you, I had a friend who had it on DVD or something. I'm I'm assuming that's, that's how I watched it, because... We didn't have streaming services, you know. There wasn't a way to to really get it easily, but I, I think it was brought over to my house, and it was a movie night that my friends and I had. But that, um, that's when truly you you had to go by what your friends were telling you. Yeah, <laughs> you or know, or uh, what to rent. Like if this was, I mean, the cover of this movie, at least with what's the the primary one that's shown, great, super impactful. It, it, you know, black and red gets your attention. So, but. Rewatching this again, it dredged up a lot of those same emotions of like, there's a reason why it's still popular. Yes, there's noticeable issues with the plot. There's some things that you kind of have to have a suspension of disbelief for and just let it go. But the opening is wonderful. And just to comment on the synopsis of like how the movie is like, you know, on the back of the box, it does happen in one night. It's kind of unique. Uh, there's a lot of movies nowadays that that happen over a course of time. There's a, a, a quite a bit of a window that we're looking at into the characters. It's very, I don't want to say it's very rare, but it's a, a big detail that it all happens within the course of a few hours. I think that's really interesting. Like it sells the quote-unquote tension of the movie. And like, you know, what you're seeing is basically almost for the length of the movie, the length of time that was going on, but, you know, save for a few hours. Yeah, you, you don't get a whole lot of time to know Alexia and Marie. You know, you don't get a whole lot of uh, time. You, you just know that they're, with that little snippet that we see of, you know, the killer in the beginning with that, that 
God, it's it's the only way to describe it is like a Jeepers Creepers truck. You know, it's it's a horribly rusted Which out. Is the best part of the movie. Yeah, like, yeah. When when Rook and I were watching this the other night, we literally commented of like, I wonder, I want to know what it took to find that vehicle. Like, was it just behind some uncle's French farm and it's been there since World War II, or did did they find it and modify it? Like. It is. It's a Jeepers Creepers truck. Like it's instantly recognizable, just like Hannibal's mask or like the butcher knife for Halloween. Like instant. Like it looks great. And I'm just. I wish. I wish there was like a a featurette, like a little documentary of like someone talking about where they found it. Because you know that. I want to know more about that kind of thing. Well, and let's talk talk about interesting. The the first uh, shot we see of this 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 killer again, you know, I love how in the beginning, even when he is being shown, everything is kind of uh, shown in an odd angle where you see a portion of his face, but not his whole face or a shot over his shoulder or from a reflection. You, you don't get a big reveal of the character until he likes the, the moment of impact, you know, happens when he, you know, the, the home invasion happens later on in the movie. But like when we first see him, he you think he is is just a guy getting head, you know, to, to put it lightly, in the front seat of his truck until you realize it is quite literally a man uh, servicing himself with a decapitated head that he drops just into the the ground and just calmly drives off, and then it you know it carries on with our two girls and you just know they're gonna have a bad time. They're talking about how we're here to study, not party, but. You know, they're I mean, going to Alexis Farms, her family's farmhouse, and uh, you just know bad things are going to happen. It's, it's that impending doom. Yeah, like that's that how stuff. you open a movie. I mean, that that's the whole thing. Like, if, if you don't capture the attention in the first 10 minutes, you've failed. And that's, but that's also one of the parts of the plot of like, it, it kind of takes leniency with making sense. And it's it's sort of that misdirection that I'm sure that they were leaning into, because basically the third act of the movie is the the revelation of of what's going on. But like, I, like rewatching the movie, knowing the ending, and trying to figure out, like you know, as a filmmaker, again, it kind of ruins our movie experience of like, oh well, I want to, I know how they did that, or what what were they thinking when they were behind the camera, but. It's literally we know that he he doesn't really exist, but was that a metaphor for uh, how the main character felt towards the other one? Like, was that what they were daydreaming in the back of the car when we first see our two surviving actresses? Like, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, that's how I took it. It was this part of her quote unquote fantasy, you know, part of her again, quote-unquote, nightmare. Because, you know, folks, for those of you at home who don't know, uh, this movie has a big reveal at the end, and the killer is not who you think it is. It's uh, the killer, in essence, as we see them throughout most of the film, doesn't exist. It's all the figment of um, the imagination of Marie, who is actually the killer, you know. And I, I think there's little hints, you know, when I went back and watched it to today the review there's hints you know she's it's her chasing herself in the beginning you know when she runs out into the middle of the street and she, the, the car swerves and misses her 
And she's like, you know, no, yeah, help me. He's chasing me. He's chasing me. He's trying to kill me. You know, again, she's, you know, she totally, I think, believed in the part of that multiple personality part of her disorder, I think, is that she, she is the killer. She is the victim at the same time. She's Marie and Alexia and this other person. It's. But it did it so well, though. I mean, that's the whole yeah. balance of it, where all of this hyper-violence and the tension is pulling your your focus away from some of the stuff that they're telegraphing. And yes. I mean, yeah, they they force fed you that that um, premonition or you know the uh, vision of what they had, and it's like, oh well. Then you start putting the dots together, and then the movie is like, no, 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 no. don't pay attention to that. Watch this this murder. Like watch all this this gore. Don't don't think about that until later. And it's funny, like it all makes sense. That's you know that's the the fun of uh, having a movie like this be made and being being able to rewatch it multiple times twenty years later. I think in all I've watched because because both you and I have watched the actual language, the unrated cut, the dubbed cut, and then whatever is on streaming now because i'm i'm sure that it's been edited again at least for something but like you know watching yeah. a movie multiple times and still enjoying it that's a very very good accomplishment no matter how many plot holes it it might have like it's still a pretty good ride yeah i don't know that i could do this good i would love to be able to write something quite this intricate and have it work out in the end it's it's the type of movie it's just like being a cook myself it's like going and getting a steak that's so impressive that this makes you go damn i'm I'm jealous of the cook and you know then you go back for that same steak because it's so damn good and i do that with ash's movies a lot he has quite frankly made a couple of the only remakes that I really like, you know, uh, mirrors, um, Hills have eyes. Yeah. I knew you were going to bring up the Hills have eyes. Like that's really the only other movie that I would say that he like struck gold at. Like, you know, a lot of times when we, when we've done movies, if, if they were or done episodes, if it's not someone who's already like prominent, like Carpenter or someone like, usually they just kind of, they just evaporate. Like they do a few more projects and they just go away. Like I can't remember who it was. One of the actresses that we talked about on a previous episode, they just disappeared. They, they hit it out of the park in an, in a movie and then they just went away. So it's, you know, it's, it's interesting yeah, to see what they, they do they like later just... on. Well, you know, cause then he went on to do like, you know, Piranha 3d. It's just like, uh, you know, the, 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 the seems to me to be like a paycheck kind of movie but i did like you know i loved hills have eyes and he had another one called crawl that's actually a not bad movie that a lot of people kind of pigeonhole is like a sharknado kind of movie but it's not if you've never seen it it's a it's a good little uh you know alligator crocodile thriller but i would recommend that but anyway off subject but yeah, this movie he does he does just hit it out of the park, and no wonder he was given the the reins on the the hills have eyes. You know, he had a panache for just the gore and and my god, and it does at every turn point. You know, just when you think it's going to let up, it it just hits you again. So much that they censored it, like they cut a couple minutes of the the for the American release. Then I think even the German release had another minute or two cut out of it. The original French version is uh, about three and a half minutes longer. 
and you know, I've I've seen it, and not that you you would really really notice it that much. Yeah, it's but just the, small things. It's like, small things. You, you really have to page. I mean, they didn't even like edit out the Confederate flag, which was just still. It's still confusing watching that again, like years from like they could have edited that out for whatever reason. Why is there a Confederate flag in Romania? Like you know, it's just right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make sense that the like on this back of this yellow hot rod that you know uh, Marie steals for, from the gas station attendant. Why would he a random guy in Romania have a Confederate flag? I don't, I don't get it, but you know, it, it is what it is. This is, uh, just goes to show you where 2003 was at, I guess. Speaking of, cause we, we did this the last episode or one of the last episodes with, uh, Halloween, just to give, uh, you as our listeners kind of a context. A lot of times when we talk about some of these older movies, we kind of forget like what's going on at that time. Like, you know, we're f- so focused on the movie itself. You kind of forget what was around in that time period. So I'm just going to give you like the top five movies that were the box office, like blowout features uh, of 2003. All right. Uh, right on. So coming in at number five, just to like get everyone's memory back on the timeline, uh, Bruce almighty. Great movie. Very funny. Um, mm-hmm. The first pirates of the Caribbean movie. Wow. That was that yeah. long ago. Yeah. <laughs> God, um, I'm old. <laughs> the Matrix Reloaded. Oh, that's which funny. is which is kind of cool because you know, uh the new Matrix just came out like not that long ago. Um Finding Nemo. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> and then Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. So those are the top five movies in two thousand three to kind of go along with when High Tension came out, just to give our listeners a little bit of context. Wow, when you consider some of those, you know, Return of the King, Pirates of the Caribbean, were those really that long ago? When I think of it in terms of how long ago it was, it was. It seems to me like it was ten years ago. It doesn't seem that long. Yeah. Where's the time go? Same. Oh, jeez. Oh, but yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing when you think about it. But anyways, anyways, that's God, I'm still reeling from that list. <laughs> well, anyway, we were talking about like some of the you the blew goal. me away, man. You blew my mind on that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I want to keep you back on track. Sorry, I didn't mean to distract. But like, yeah, some of the gore and at least a lot of the stuff that pulled you in, like, there's still so much. I mean, the movie's title isn't one of those um, BS buzzwords like it actually is a lot of tension. Um, when we have the abduction scene happen, well, not well, and it is it is an abduction scene, but basically the the break in, you know, when the killer air quotes uh, does yeah. his first entrance, that entire scene, I forgot how long that was because, like, you know, before before I watched this recently for this episode, the last time I watched it, I think it was before I had been on any film set. I don't think I had watched it since first working on like Nightblade or something like I just I, I just don't remember the time yeah. when I'd watched it recently but it was a really long scene and it it worked like sometimes you have those um, those nail biting on the edge of your seat cat and mouse scenes that just they last forever you get bored they become for, tedious 
Yeah, for whatever reason, like the editing kind of just annoys you, and it's like get on with it. Rewatching this, it was just enjoyable. Like her trying to find the energy to uh, mess with that phone and like hiding under the bed. And yes, it's all kind of like it doesn't matter at the end of the movie because you understand that they're the same person. But like um, when she knew that he was going to come upstairs, the killer air quotes, and she like wiped out the inside of the sink to make sure it was dry. And like all these real small, intricate details of like showing that no one else was living in the house. I didn't, I've never caught that before, before watching this. And it just, it made me want to pay way more attention to like, the small intricacies that maybe the director had told them to do, or like the actors did themselves, like it made it way more enjoyable. So, I mean, I don't know what your opinion on it's like if you, if you found something that you hadn't seen before in the movie that maybe you, you just like overlooked on a previous well, movie. You mentioned, you mentioned uh, the sink scene where she had dried out the sink. I remember, I didn't remember Well, I do. I do remember that happening. What I didn't remember was the killer, you know, air quotes, uh, when he comes in and he feels around by the uh, by the the faucet. Well, the the heater, too. Like everything was like super neat. But, yeah, he put his little finger up inside where the filter is on most uh, sink faucets and it was still wet. And it was just like, you know, it when you when you're looking at it, it just sounds stupid. But when you're in the middle of a seven minute long on the edge of your seat is he gonna find her what's gonna happen like it works like that could have easily just been cut it could eh, it's dumb you know just remove it from the movie but like it added like it was just such a good decision same thing with the bathroom stuff like i when when rook and i were watching it like bathrooms are usually used for those weird uh, scary stuff, especially like public bathrooms with the stalls. Video games do it. A lot of movies do it. It's just... It's, it's an action it's, movie trope a lot of times, too. Yeah, and it, High Tension is one of those movies that always live in my mind with when I go to like a rest area, like on the side of a highway, or you're in that public restroom style with all those stalls, I think of High Tension. Like, no shit. I, I think of that uh please don't make a sound kind of mood right. when you enter those so yeah yeah um i noticed a lot of the the the, the sound design a lot more on this one because i watched it uh from my computer with my headphones on so it was a little more immersive the the music the the sounds and the tones and the little sound effects you know like when you know she would move around, you 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 didn't really hear her. Like when she, um, like for instance, when the, the you know the air quotes killer, you know takes um, Alexia because she's you know like uh, chained up in the back of this Jeepers Creeper van, and when they go to the gas station, when everything slows down and she's tiptoeing and you can't hear her. You can barely hear just her footsteps, you know, the pitter-patter of her feet hitting. But, like, when he moves, he's got that jumpsuit, and you can hear every little movement that he's making, you know. And it's the sound design on this one is what I noticed this time. And, and again, it's great camera camera work. There's a lot of great camera work. There's a great homage to um, Halloween where she's hiding from the killer in the uh, in the closet. When they with the louver door, yeah. and then the and then the mother gets killed and gets 
you know, pretty much gets her head sewn or uh, sawn. That was a great off. scene. Yeah, I mean, that was great. I do, I do want to comment on that scene though, and, and your uh, your description of that gas station scene. Yes, so, yes. you know, for those who haven't watched the movie, shame on you, number one. But there, there's a moment where. Uh, they're in the middle of nowhere. It's supposed to be set in France, but they filmed it in Romania. But the, they're in the middle of nowhere. The killer, air quotes, <laughs> has to stop and get can, can, you can't help it. You can't help but do it now, can you? I think it's funny. Yeah. Um, but they are finally at a place where the the our lead can try and signal for help. So they they try and escape out of the car without being seen or heard. But you know we know the ending. They're the same person. I think that they don't make a sound because at that point in time, the actions of Marie might not be happening. I think Marie is pumping gas and all of what's going on is in her head, which is kind of one of those uh, things that don't make sense. Because the interaction with the store store clerk and how the killer, air quotes, is talking to them, they they know each other but also aren't very familiar with each other. And then, like, the interactions of Marie inside the store and, like, the store clerk looks at her. Like, a lot of stuff just doesn't make sense. But I don't want to condemn the movie for a plot hole because still, it still it still pays off. You know, it's not like the ending is ruined. But there's a lot of stuff there where it's like, what are we actually witnessing? Like, Obviously, we can see both of them on screen at the same time, but like, what is the narrator telling us? Like, what the the director is showing us these things. Who is actually on screen at the same time? So it's it's one of those things. Like, if you're really really anal about it, it can break it. Like, it'll break the enjoyment out of it. So if you haven't watched it before, just don't take it too seriously. Like, once you get to the ending, just just laugh, just enjoy it. <laughs> don't don't try and be so um, OCD about what you just spent the last ninety minutes watching. Well, you know how I always worked it out in my head. It was ninety percent of what you were seeing. You know, from the moment of the murders when the killer takes out uh, Alex's you know, mother, father, <laughs> dog, and even uh, uh, little Tommy. You know, her little brother. I, I think everything from that point on, just about everything that you see that's you know, quote unquote, Marie is not really happening. That's all in her head. From that point on, she is just the killer. So I think like when maybe when the, you know, the the gas station attendant looks over at her, maybe that's how she was seeing that he was looking. It was all in her head. You know, well, obviously, I mean, <laughs> it's all in her head. Well, but, it, you it know, kind of showed it too when they they look at the police officer watching the videotape this clerk never looks to his left i don't know yes. if that was intentional you I, never I always know. felt it was but you know but, might have been a happy accident it, but again it's that unreliable narrator i love those movies i love being lied to in a movie cuz it's just the payoff is so much better when you're like blindsided with something it's kind of like you know i am tyler durden you know, coming out and, <laughs> yeah. just, and just being like, what? Like, real? But yeah, I I love I love it. Um, uh, Philippe Nahan, I think is how you pronounce his, his name, who played the killer, was really great. I like the fact that it's 50 minutes in before you actually hear him utter a word, or at least, you know, the killer utters a word as the killer and not just as Marie. 
Uh, I think he was really great. He was he's a scary Hulk as of, shit, dude. Yeah, he's scary as shit. Uh, passed away last year or no, two years ago. He passed away in 2020. Uh, so sadly, he's gone. But he was a lot like a Michael Myers, the way he moved, the way he would turn. It was like a shark looking for its prey. Like it, there's a lot of homages in this movie. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I mean, not only to Halloween. You got the axe killing in The Shining, which the director said that was exactly what they were going for. I think a lot of it is a little bit Hills Have Eyes, a little bit Halloween, a little bit from Maniac. I mean, it's, you know, obviously they were all inspired by 70s, 80s slasher movies because it shows through and through. But th- the ending, though, we got to talk about the ending. I mean, at least to, to an ex- extent, you know, I mean, like, you know. When they they get to the actual point where it's revealed, you know, when the killer is revealed to be Marie, it's done in such an unsettling way because the cops don't come into play until, what, more than an hour into the movie? And the movie's just barely an hour and a half long. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes you really wonder of um, how were they, as a production, going to, like, reveal what was going on and you know they're just there to serve a purpose i don't know they don't even have names <laughs> i'm sure they no. do but like they're just there. Cop one cop two and it's also kind of a way to break the tension haha um to, to cut to something else so i mean they're there to serve a purpose for the movie not the you know they don't really it makes sense because there's nothing else there we just we cut to them when it makes sense to the plot but it's convenient uh, yeah but yeah they're not there until much later which is again commenting to the beginning of of this recording like it's all in one night so in the middle of nowhere have you know however they had police come to that house and then hours later they're like following the trail and then they come to that gas station so it, it does make sense to an extent, but again, it's just serving a purpose, you know, but, but yeah, that ending, like, it's just when such it's an re- enjoyable. When it's revealed, like that, that shot of the surveillance footage, I remember looking at with my buddy Brian and I was just like, rewind that shit. What did I just see? You know? <laughs> and, and honestly, they, they could have, um, a, a lot of movies that I know that you and I watch, they, they milk those moments and they kind of ruin it. Like they, they overhandedly, throw you a bone and they're just like hey this is what happened we're gonna say it five times like this movie kind of did the opposite i mean they showed you the clip but then they focused on both marie and alex and the reactions and kind of let you finish that sentence on your own and i think it did it really well instead of just oh yeah you know, hand feeding you the the answer to the end of the movie. I mean, which they did, but I'm trying to give them a little bit more credit. Than well, they, they did it at the end instead of doing it right there and then and like feeding you everything and then letting it all settle. They gave you that little bite, you know, they handed you a plate full of food and said, you can have one bite and now you got to, you know, break it all down. And ah, it, it's such a, a, it's such a gut punch. You know, it's just one of those like, oh, Jesus, well, like, no wonder... Alex is so freaking out being tied up. And every time that, you know, Marie comes into play and is trying to get the, the, the gag off or trying to get the chain. Freaking off, out more. Yeah. She's freaking out more. And it's just like, 
no, your help is here. Why are you doing that? Like, oh, now we know why you're doing that. Well, I I'm, think that I'm sure you looked at the the trivia for this just like I did. But like just how you said, like they they took advantage of that twist before the ending to kind of let it marinate for a while. Um, in the trivia for the movie, which is really interesting, um, uh, May Win. I'm probably mispronouncing that, who plays Alex, at the time was involved with Luc Besson, who is mm-hmm. extremely famous for like The Fifth Element and a bunch of other really interesting movies, and then some that are kind of, you know, not hit and miss. Yeah. But um, he's one of my favorite directors, even though he's very problematic and controversial. But he Isn't gave... that to go kind of hand in hand? Yeah. The people like that, they do, unfortunately. Yeah. They, outspoken and extremely talented yeah yeah um <laughs> the hell you say but, but anyway, he, anyway he according to their story according to legend uh he watched a cut of the movie and said you should reveal the ending and let it ride not reveal it in the last you know few minutes and then cut the movie there and they took his advice and it to it, it worked out it seemed it, it let the audience uh revel a little bit in that that twist and we get to focus on our our two lead actresses we've been watching for the whole movie kind of well i'll let you explain it you know what what happens at the end of the movie there cam well uh i mean (laughs) it all becomes kind of clear when the cops find the surveillance footage that you know uh marie is a full-blown wackaloon and when she switches back to the killer and she's going back and forth you know uh the finale when she is trying to you know she's she thinks she kills the killer you know she beats him to death or you know i think the the fight of them back and forth is one that's the problematic thing for me as much as i love it you know the killer is trying to smother her and almost does and then she you know beats him with a a, a, a bat you know not a bat but a you know a board wrapped in barbed wire and then smothers him so i think a lot sense, of it is is just metaphor. Like I love, yeah. like it's it's all internal. Like yeah, it's, it's all like an internal struggle. Struggle. Battle. She's essentially trying to kill her old self. I think. But or, again, or her other self. I guess I don't know. Just to go back and and give compliments to Philippe, like the killer. Air quotes. He's scary as balls, dude. Like, like rewatching this movie, it just brought me back to memories of like after he's hit in the head and he's got all those puncture marks and like he's blue, like he's literally like discolored. Not to say not to be insulting, but the dude was cast perfectly. He looks insane. And like at the well, ending, he looks with, absolutely diabolical, man. Yeah. So at the ending, like when they're running through the forest and they have that that rotating saw i don't i don't know exactly what type of machinery it is but it's a big it's a, con- it's a concrete saw yeah okay there you go yeah. yeah and they're cutting back and forth between marie and the killer air quotes like that is unnerving like they're i'm i hope that the, the filmmakers like they pump their fist in the air like they just yeah like that's what we wanted like right. they were super satisfied with it especially the the cement saw to the person in the car, like near the, like right at the end of the movie. Yeah. The poor guy who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I just, I hope that they were as happy as I, you know, in my mind they were It's like, as soon as the camera stopped rolling, they just high fived and was like, yeah, let's go for drinks later. It was awesome. But the high five moment for me is when 
after you know the the cops find out like you know they see the surveillance footage and we as an audience then see that marie is actually the killer she's there you know having you know quote unquote killed the killer now going back to free her friend and alex after this whole time you know trying to save her and save her and save her and she forgets about i think she totally forgot about the damn knife that she gave her so like here take this for pr protection what the hell do you think Alex was thinking when she was just like, you know, okay, first her friend kills her family, kills her, her parents, her brother, her dog, and has tortured her throughout an evening, gives her a knife, says, here's for, for protection, I'll be right back. And then it's like, oh, I killed the killer. Like, I don't know. No. I mean, I honestly know that May Wynn, again, I don't know if I'm mispronouncing their name, but I think that actress kind of was uh, usurped in the movie. Like, they, they really good. But most of the movie, I mean, they're in shackles. They're bound. They're, they don't really have the opportunity. Like Cecile de France, like they, who, who plays Marie, obviously they're the lead. They have all of the screen time. Like they're in every scene, and they they just they rule the movie. They're incredible. But yeah, the performance of May Wynn and the character of Alex, like literally just going insane like your whole family was murdered you've been in the back of this awesome jeepers creepers van your best friend slash someone who's in love with you and you're unaware you know that whole underground subplot of you know the reason why they have this uh did healthy obsession <laughs> <laughs> yeah um they're just going insane i thought their performance was great although limited but yeah they're alex's character is literally going psycho because they they're crying the entire time they're they know they're going to be killed but then yeah they're given a knife <laughs> and then and then maria is just like petting her and just saying i killed him like it, it's all good she's all and smiles then, she's smiling and laughing even though she's all busted up from the you know flipping the car over and, and getting all busted up it's crazy good and then the thing too again tension the ending hits a plateau like it ramps up after all of that, that chase scene and, you know, the killer's dead and it keeps at that, that energy level. And I feel, again, it's just my opinion that it worked really well. It didn't give the audience a, a time to like swallow, like gather their thoughts. You were just holding your breath of like, what's going on. And it happened in a really good window of time to, get to the credits like i think it worked really well yeah um i did have a little bit of, of trivia too about that uh, the car scene apparently that car was a uh, was a well-used uh, prop it was used for several different movies and uh, i didn't write down what movie it was i'm not even sure if it said but in the trivia it said that they had started filming a scene within this car then so much fake blood had been used that some of it started to seep from the air vents like on the, the, the like they were filming the like the next movie a year or two later well it was so the it was the camera from from what i've read it was it was the camera got so much blood in it that when they when they gave it back to the rental house and then it was used on another movie that it it uh, uh leaked blood when they were zooming in and out of it but the car, oh, I'm, sure, I'm sure, was covered. I mean, it was everything was covered in blood. I mean, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> one of those that were like, we got one take. Uh, we're not cleaning this up if it goes wrong. So we better hope we get it right. And then everybody's looking at the effects guy at that point. <laughs> Whoever's working blood that day, 
you wouldn't want to be somebody like Marcus on a day like that, would you? No, I mean we've we've definitely been on both sides of of, of that situation. It's you know that is a high tension moment. But it's, so. Yeah, but I've I, I I love the way it ends. You know, it, it's so fucking brutal. I mean, down to the point where they're when the killer, you know, you, is cutting back and forth. You know, in one moment it's the leap, and the next moment it's you know. Marie and this back and forth and back and forth and they don't and they do it with clever camera tricks they don't do it like I like I feel they would do today they would do it with some sort of you know <laughs> they, they revert it back to the mid 90s and do a Mortal Kombat and have some weird morphing effects and have the killer morph back and forth and from one to the other you know I, yeah I'd agree they would probably try and do something where it's the camera is the same or at least on a track like a, um, a digital track and they're just morphing the people together which would look awful yeah i think the way they did it practically and just changing how it was being shot it worked perfectly and again everything is like dialed to 11 so everything that's going on in those last few minutes is just so impactful i'm just you know it worked. I, I think it worked very well. I, I do, too. And let's talk about the actual finale finale of this. When it's Marie in the in the hospital in a institution, most likely. And, you know, you can tell it's been some time, you know, her wounds have kind of healed or she's scarred up. But then Alex is sitting outside that that window and they tell her, you know, oh, yeah, it's one way glass and like. And she just says something very simple. All she says is, she can't see me, right? And then Marie turns and looks at the, at her, you know, but you know what she's looking through that window at her and she reaches and then boom, it just ends. It's just, it kind of realizes that the, you know, the crazy doesn't stop here, you know? <laughs> no, it, it was great. I mean, you could definitely argue that this movie is like a a love story, a romance story, but it's very one-sided. But the whole like at that that ending, the reveal, it gives you so much information in such a small period of time because then you're kind of um, you're overloaded with why they're doing it, what's happened, how long have they been this way, how long has the killer been like in her mind, and you just start asking yourself all these questions that you're not you're not going to get an answer for. But like, yeah, that ending, especially like, like the movie for me could have ended on the road because there's basically like two, there's like a finale and then like a, it's, it's almost like an end credit on. scene. Yeah, that's <laughs> almost like a, like a post credit kind of scene, isn't it? Sort of. Yeah. But it's such a, like a heartbreaking thing. Like just like rewatching it, like I feel bad because like they're not doing it intentionally like uh, like rewatching this again i wanted i kind of wanted a high tension prequel like what happened to marie like what caused that altar to be invented in their head like what what created the killer air quotes um but like you know the ending on the road with them together face to face beautiful tragic hell yeah oh yeah Uh, very uncomfortable absolutely but like it was still just beautiful in a very morbid way and then yeah the the looney bin secondary ending like 
just so good. I like I want bloopers. Like I want to see like how many times they did that reach. Like how many different versions of like what she did to like show that she knew that Alex was there on the other end of the glass. Like right, it's just, right. it was just really enjoyable. Like, you know, some movies you you have that have a twist and they end, you're kind of mad. Like, you know, you're kind of some twists make you feel like you wasted your time. I think I think high tension has continued to be so popular because it still helps the movie versus kind of turns it into something it's not. It, it helps it as opposed to hurt to hurting it. And I think in this movie, it's those little details that go down, like uh, that sell it for me. Like you'd have brought up the scene in the bathroom, you know, the scene with the faucet. And another one to me, it was just like when Marie is you know, was a, you know, chasing the killer in her stolen car. And then he ends up chasing her and she goes for the gun. And it's just like the killer just reaches his hand outside the window of the car and starts dumping the bullets out. I'm so glad you mentioned that scene. I think that's my favorite scene of the movie. Other other than like the ending parts with just the killer air quotes looking hellacious. I, I think that's one of the, the best composed scenes in the movie of just how it's edited the pacing the tension without any words and knowing that a weapon is in play now like it's supposed to be like when the final girl slash heroine or the the the, the hero of the story Mm -hmm. they finally get their hands on a weapon or something you're like oh well they have a chance you know it kind of gives hope and fighting chance and then literally just ripping that rug out from under her and with no words, just like casually dumping out those bullets, even if it's fake. Like even if, again, it's it's in their mind. It's such a cool visual. Again, that was a high five moment. That was we're getting beers after filming like that was great. It just it worked really well. And honestly, I was complimenting this movie when I was watching it because it it looks really low budget in certain spots but in other parts of the movie you can see that they either paid way too much attention to lighting and sound and it was impeccable and then other times you're like well that kind of looks ragged or maybe they didn't have a lot of time to do this but all those night scenes all of the like exterior stuff i mean the house that they filmed in was four different locations and they, they edited it together to make it look like one house, but everything's gorgeous. Even the, the greenhouse, like when they, when the killer air quotes and Marie fight each other, it looks trashy, but in the best way, like obviously it looks like it's just been neglected and gone the way of time, you know? Yeah. It honestly reminded me of, uh, I saw the devil like that scene in, in house and, it just everything looked so good. Even you know this was filmed. This was filmed on film, wasn't it? Was it digital or was sure. it? I want to say it was on film. I, I don't know for sure. I could. I, I, I'd, I'd be yeah, willing. Well, to... We can we can look at the technicals. Well, anyway, regardless, it looked great. I mean, there should be no qualms of um, you know sometimes older movies or at least. Uh, there's always kind of like, oh, well, it looks like garbage. The coloring's off, and everything looked great. And it, most of this movie is in the dark. It's in the shadows. Like 
And everything usually, you know, at one point or another when they're doing these dark movies, something looks a little blocky, a little pixelated. You know, but this movie doesn't have that. It, it's shot very well. And I just looked it up as we were talking. It was shot on film. It was shot on 35. Awesome. So, okay. yeah, kudos. Yeah, um, I don't know what else, much else we can cover on this one. Oh, my God, it's a, such a impactful movie. For a movie that's called High Tension, I will have to say one thing, one note I had here. It spends the first 20 minutes building tension and building that sense of unease of what you you, you, know, you know. I'm using, again, air quotes here. Something bad is going to happen. You don't know quite what's going to happen, but when it starts happening, it doesn't let up for the next hour. I think that's why they they put that opening. The first time you see air quotes the killer, it sets the tone. But then, yeah, there's very just lollygagging dialogue. Just you know, the two main characters obviously showing a connection. You know, building up some sort of background of what they're doing. They're studying something. Who cares? But like you know, it's building that that dynamic to hopefully tie into the later end of the movie and like their, their relationship with each other. But like it definitely paints a picture and then shreds it up. And it's like, Nope, this isn't the artwork that you think we were going to, you know, be painting like this is something else. And again, I think it works, but it's, it's one of those movies that if you've tried to watch it, cause I, I know of people that turn this movie off cause it was boring, but it's, it's like, you probably turned it off before stuff started hitting the fan. Like you got to give it a chance. So yeah, it's a slow burn. It's a slow burn, but once it, it, it once it catches on fire, it doesn't go out, you know, and that's the best way I can put it. Yeah. And I'm left with one question, one question at the end of this movie, who the hell masturbates with headphones on? <laughs> <laughs> Well, That's, obviously, someone who doesn't want to let everyone know what they're listening to. Got it? You yeah. got a maybe yeah, it was a song. In, maybe it was in. Al Green. You know, you never know what they're listening. <laughs> My thought is, you're in a strange house. You're somewhere you've never been before with people you don't really know. You're you in a close. Want to hear room. your surroundings? Like you wouldn't sure no one's opening your door. Yeah, like all of a sudden, you know, you're you got your headphones on. Someone's tapping you on the shoulder. Like, listen, we can hear plap 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 plap. <laughs> <laughs> That's the that's the big that's the main question that I have with this movie. That's my what oh, the fuck. Oh man, can I get that voiceover job? Is there a sound booth I can just do thwap 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 thwap? Somebody's gotten paid to do that, and it's not just know. it's not just fluffers either. Well, actually, like you you mentioned that I don't know why like it it didn't uh, I didn't think about it before, but it's it's a telling uh, one of those hints that you were mentioning before of like the killer. So like the when the intruder comes in the murder air qu- or the, the killer air quotes, and he murders the family spoilers. Um, he goes to his Jeepers creepers truck and he gets a shotgun. But when we see the, uh, the, the boy, what was his name? What was the uh, little Tom, kid's name? Tom. Tommy. 
very cliched little boy name in a horror movie. Um, but yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> uh, he's killed with a rifle. And then at the end of the movie, you see that when Marie is there, it's it's the rifle that was above the mantle at the beginning of the movie that was just in frame for a second when they were being escorted by the parents around the house. And like you see it just a little bit, and it's kind of like a foreshadowing thing that, you know, if you miss it, you miss it. But I always thought that was another big, huge exclamation point kind of hint that the sound effect when Tommy is shot is a rifle sound, not a shotgun. And then it kind of ties in at the end of the movie. I don't know. I just wanted to mention that just in case if a listener was like, oh man, they're so dumb. Why didn't they mention the the difference in the guns? So that's, you know, just one. I'm glad that. you mentioned it because I did not catch that. I have not caught that on any of my viewings. So, all right. See, there's it just goes to prove there's even though we watch this, you know, God knows how many different times. We still, you know, still always more stuff to catch. Almost 20 years. We got to watch every frame. Yep. Yeah. Oh, shit. Well, that being said, let's go ahead and get into our final uh, final thoughts and rating on a scale from one to ten. And you know you know how we do things around here. Guests go first. So have at it. I give it a solid eight out of ten. Um, by no means is this like a perfect movie, but it is far away from just the the mud of everything that's out there. I mean, there's tons of movies that are garbage. You, 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 you watch them to make fun of them. This movie deserves being on those blogs, those websites, those compilation lists on YouTube. Anytime it's talked about, I think um, the, the team that worked on this should be very proud, even if they never hit critical success again with something as big, or at least a legacy movie like this, like, you know, all those big people, you know, Freddie and Jason and Michael, they, they're never going to die. They're literally Achilles and Odin. Like the, the, the stories will be told <laughs> right. forever. Like they're never going to go away. They're angels of death that, you know, you, you can't kill them. So why try? Yeah. So in, in terms of the, the, the gods of movies, you know, the deities within our cinematic universe of things, high tension really does have its place. Is it, a plot hold movie sort of but just go with it and if if for whatever reason if some of your listeners are just too young and they just never got an opportunity to watch this movie go watch it it's on tubi and prime and amc plus and wherever else it's probably four dollars if you want to buy it on somewhere it's it's probably i, somewhere I, I found a shelf. copy of it for 8.99 on prime you can buy yeah. it on dvd really cheap you won't regret it. And if you hadn't seen it in a few years, give it another watch. I promise you after, just like me, it, you, you watch it a few times and then you live your life for a decade, watch it again. You'll probably have a completely different experience or maybe a more enjoyable one. So I, I'm very happy that this was put into your show to have at least an episode dedicated to it. Well, when I first came up with the idea for doing, you know, the takeout edition, this was one of the like the top 10 movies that I had put on the list. I didn't want to cover it first year because it was just like I want to want to save some of those little golden nuggets. So this is one of those little golden slice of fried gold nuggets, man. It's I'm coming in a little bit higher than you because this is a big time favorite of mine. I'm coming in at a nine. Again, it's 
it's far from perfect, but it's just such an exhilarating movie. And it's an exciting movie, even though they spend the first 20 minutes basically building a sense of unease and building that, you know, tension. haha. But, you know, it's, I've heard people complain that it's too slow in the beginning. That's why they turned it off. But God, you know, it just makes me think, like, how much bigger this movie would have been if, like, people would have maybe given it that extra five minutes they probably gave up on it just when the, the the ship was about to meet the fan, and it's wonderfully shot. It doesn't have any of that that bad nighttime footage that so many of these movies were are plagued with. Most of the time, it just looks like they shot day for night, or the the, the footage is just very underlit, and there's none of that here. It looks really really good. And what I know, like I said uh, previously, what I noticed this time around was the sound design. The sound of the killer breathing, the sound of the way his suit, you know, his 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 jumpsuit would move and creak and, and just make noise. It's just so wonderfully done. And I implore anybody out there that's listening, if if you've seen it and you didn't like it, God, just give it another chance. It definitely deserves it. And if it's one that's passed you by and you haven't watched it, just like you said, Dan, uh, you know, shame on you. <laughs> Why haven't you seen it? And if you haven't, damn it, you should. But uh, that being said, I think we can probably put a pin in this one, unless there was anything less, uh, you know, else that you had uh, to add trivia-wise or anything like that. Uh, the, I mean, the trivia. I think the only other thing was I think this was shot in 37 days, which is very short. I mean, again, once once you hit a certain tier of movies, you know, uh, above the shoestring budget and the you know the independent thing, like that's that's pretty quick. Like that is fairly fast for a movie of this caliber. Um, but other than that, I'm just very thankful to be on another episode. I really enjoy talking movies with you and especially like being able to like extrapolate some of those details of the movie that some people might not pay attention to, or again, like the sound, you know, just when, when audio files or people just talk about like, Oh man, those sound effects, they were just so clear. And you know, other people are looking at you like you're an idiot. Like who cares? <laughs> But it's like that's that's the thing. That's what gives you the goosebumps. That's those little nuanced things that are in the corner of your eye that an editor is paying attention to. You know, the the director is wanting that to be in the frame. You know, they're they're looking at all those things in the background. It's there for a reason. So yeah, like, nothing just, is ever put in front of the camera by accident. It's there for a reason. Well, I'll tell that to Game of Thrones, but you know. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, somebody might have had a reason for putting that Starbucks cup out there. They might have been like, fuck these. Somebody people. got a paycheck. Um, <laughs> Some or somebody's paycheck bounced and they're like, I'm going to do know what I'm going to do. I'm going to fuck up their shot. Starbucks cup. There you go. But no, I just <laughs> I, I appreciate being able to talk to you with movies, especially uh, talking about foreign movies. I, I mean, I love U.S. cinema and being able to talk and like watch stuff but like again like this one it took two years to be released in the states and just imagine like the other movies around that time and then you know obviously things have gotten better with more international releases and uh the same thing here like you know u.s movies blow up in china they blow up in india and indonesia like they there's way more money made overseas than what's made domestically but I just enjoy talking about movies, regardless of where they're from. So I thank you. 
Oh, well, I thank you for taking the, the time to do this. I know it's been hard for us to have a, a meeting of the minds to get this to happen, but I, I missed it. I, I missed uh, talking movie jive with you. But that being said, thanks again, Dan, for doing this. Um, I don't know what we're going to cover next, but I'm sure it'll be something uh, full of mindfuckery as well. Uh, again, thank you, brother, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Love so, it. but... Folks, you have been listening to Cinema Degeneration's Takeout, and we have been covering High Tension. Thank you for listening, and if you like what we're doing, please give us a, a like, a subscribe, give us a rating. We're on all the social media platforms. We're, we're everywhere that fine podcasts are sold and listened to. You can get us on Podbean, Spotify, Stitcher, Pandora, you know, pretty much everywhere you can find your podcast there cinema generation is there so give us a like give us a subscribe and let us know how we're doing thank you folks <laughs>